Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to Season 5, Episode 2 of The Castle Chat. Hey Castle Chat friends, welcome to another episode of our Disney-themed podcast. Today's episode is titled, and the award goes to dot 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 early 2000s Disney movies. We will be hosting our own award show where we will be dishing our thoughts on the biggest wins and failures from the Disney movies released from 2000 to 2005. So let's chat about it. excited for this episode okay prior to deep diving into the early 2000 movies i had no idea how many golden eggs came from this five-year span yes for context we decided well at first we were gonna do the whole 2000s we were gonna do 2000 2009 then we quickly realized oh no this will not be possible there are so many films it would be such a long episode we had to break it down into the early 2000s on this list from 2000 to 2005 there are 64 disney films that came out and i was overwhelmed when i got i was typing all the movies out so i knew what to pick from when it came to the categories and i was like we can't go past 2005 i'm already overwhelmed there's so many options yeah it's like 13 films a year on average which is a ton it's more than a film a month to go through for a five-year span so i mean i'm excited to talk about what movies came from this era of sorts um again before even looking at it, I couldn't have told you that all of these movies that I hold so dear to my heart came from this short span of time. Yeah, for sure. So let's break down what this episode is going to look like. Um, if you haven't listened to one of our award show episodes before, basically what we do is we have different categories where we have selected nominees. We have six nominees per category. I pick three, Caitlin picks three. Once we have all the nominees in place, we then go in and we rate each of the nominees within the categories on a scale of one to six. If we believe one of the nominees should win the category, it would get six points. So if I put six next to one of the nominees and Caitlin put six next to the nominees, together that nominee would then have 12 points. So we go in, we rate them one through six, we add up all the points and we figure out who is the winner for each of the categories. So Caitlin, why don't you tell them what categories we will be breaking down today for the early 2000s movies? Okay, so for our award ceremony this evening, we have best animated feature that is not Pixar. We have best Pixar feature. We have best live action film. We have most underrated or slept on film, best overall movie, and worst overall movie. Yes, we are going to be dishing out all of the hits and the failures from 2000 to 2005. So let's get started with our very first category. Let's kick it off with best animated non-Pixar. And the nominees are Treasure Planet, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Lilo and Stitch, The Emperor's New Groove, Chicken Little, 
and Brother Bear. And the winner goes to Lilo and Stitch. I love this film. It's, I feel like this film sometimes may get slept on as well because I sometimes forget that it ever, I guess, came out, but not not because of, not because it didn't have any type of impact or that the film wasn't good. The film's incredible. It's just one that I don't think of often, but when it came to this category, I immediately was like, this has to be a nominee. It's a wonderful film. It's so fun. It's so different to what you typically see within the Disney realm, and I think that's why it's such a hit with people. Yeah, there is an element of comedy, an element of heartbreak. You go through a roller coaster of emotions, no pun intended, with Hawaiian roller coaster ride. <laughs> um, but this film is colorful, fun. When I was going back through these films to remind myself of what they were, but also give myself a more in-depth review as an adult, I saw tons of these movies, most of these movies, all of these movies as a child. And so when I was first taking in the content of these films, I wasn't necessarily looking into the background. So something that I found super interesting was that in this category, we have Treasure Planet and we have Lilo and Stitch. Treasure Planet was released the same year as Lilo and Stitch, and it is noted to have one of the highest budgets. It's one of the most expensive animated films ever created. Wow, I did not know this. Yeah, something about the metallics and the way that they animated this film was very costly. And so because Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Treasure Planet came out in the same year, Disney put all of its budget into this Treasure Planet idea. And then they looked at the Lilo and Stitch project and said, yeah, we're gonna have to keep a really tight budget on this one. And so the animation in this film is your classic, like just 2D paint board animation where like the backdrop was painted and then they animate the characters over the top. It's very oh. classic Disney animation. It's the cheapest version of animation that they could do. And I think something about, I don't want to say dumbing down, but something about the classicness, the dumbing down of the animation made this film so classic, made it so loved. And then in addition to just the colorful Hawaiian animation and, and storyline, the emotional aspect of this film is also so great. So for me, is an easy win in this category. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's move on to best live action. This one was a very, very difficult category, but the nominees are The Princess Diaries, The Lizzie McGuire Movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, Holes, National Treasure, and Freaky Friday. And the winners are a three-way tie. Yikes. Between Freaky Friday, Pirates, and Princess Diaries. How do you choose? I don't even know. We literally tried to sit here and be like, let's do a tiebreaker, let's see. And we we couldn't kick one of those films out. They're all so good. Court looked at me and said, one has to go, which one is it? And I said, I can't, I can't (laughs) do it. Do it, I can't do it. So I think there's something interesting when I look at Freaky Friday and Princess Diaries, I look at the character dynamic between mom and daughter and 
grandmother and granddaughter Mm -hmm. and there's something very unique about each pairing even though it's kind of similar like push and pull between the main female characters it's very unique very different freaky friday is a remake to a certain extent so the storyline isn't as original as the princess diaries but an amazing film jamie lee curtis and Lindsay lohan were so good in this movie the laughs were great the um chad michael murray singing of um baby one more time is that what he sings i think so i mean honestly what you're just saying like the cast the cast of this film that's what makes it one of the best because they when it came to these characters they picked the perfect people to play each of these roles so that's for me why it is one of the best pirates it's so iconic it's got all of its series it's Johnny Depp. I mean, that in itself makes it one of the best films of all time. And this is when the Pirates series really kicked off was the early 2000s. So this is just the beginning of what we came to know as Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I don't know. I'm just... I I love that film. I don't know if you have memories, but I have memories of standing in an extremely long line to get tickets to go see Pirates. I don't have that memory but I'm sure deep in my brain it it lays there yeah I think for me personally Freaky Friday and The Princess Diaries incredible films that I will watch on repeat for all time when I think of the main characters of each of the three films Jack Sparrow is the strongest character Mia Thermopolis is a pretty strong character but Jack Sparrow hands down if I had to pick one for me personally, it would be Pirates for the sake of Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. Yeah, for me, I'd pick Princess Diaries. I'm a big fan of both films. Both films did actually come out within the 2000 to 2005 range. I, we kind of had it listed as Princess Diaries 1 and 2. That's not fair because together that's just an iconic um, collaboration. So, I mean, um, if you're going to go there, I'm going to say Pirates 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. But they came out both of them the, within. So I could technically have the Princess Diaries as one of the nominees and the Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. You know, we could really right. go there too. But um, I love this film i love the cast of this i don't know of anyone that has seen the princess diaries and has said i don't like this film i could be wrong there could be one of you listening right now that is that you don't like that film at all so i apologize but the general consensus is that people love the princess diaries it's fun it's lighthearted. it's so fun seeing a just a normal girl find out what i'm a like shut up i'm a princess like it's just it's so unique it's a fun storyline and people love the the commonness of that i guess i could say yeah so we know that i love my rotten tomatoes and if we took to rotten tomatoes and let rotten tomatoes pick the top film out of these three the princess diaries the original got a 49 percent wow pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl got an 80 percent and freaky friday Got an 88%. Honestly, Rotten Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes. I'm going to come for you because 49%? Yep, it didn't even get a 50. And guess what? The sequel got a 26. I don't even want to hear it. Oof. I I don't even want to hear it. Anyway. It's it's so good. Anyway, all three films, so quality, so worth watching more than once. 
the laughs I get from each of them. I'm a big comedy girl. If it makes me laugh, I love it. So I laughed in all three of these films. Enough said. Let's move on to the next category. The next category is Best Pixar. Now, there were only three Pixar films that came out between 2000 and 2005. So our three nominees are The Incredibles, Finding Nemo, and Monsters, Inc. And the winner is a tie between Finding Nemo and Monsters, Inc. I think this basically is just like personal preference between me and Court. Mm -hmm. All three of these films are solid, solid films. Again, I always go back to what character sticks out in my brain. If I could walk away with one character that I love, it's probably going to be Dory out of The Incredibles, Finding Nemo, and Monsters, Inc. I think the character of Dory is the most prevalent in my personal brain. I love the story of Finding Nemo. I love the story of Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. is so incredibly creative. The storyline is so good. I love it so much. But between choosing just these three films, if I had to only watch one on repeat, for me, it would probably be Finding Nemo. I... I picked, the reason why this is tie, I picked Monsters, Inc. You picked Finding Nemo as your favorite. There's something about Monsters, Inc. that, personally, as a child, I used to be very scared of monsters in my closet. And when this film came out, I remember, like, being like, oh, it's okay, because they just do it for their job. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Like, it's just part of their job. And it was like a, it was a overcoming moment for me as a kid obviously monsters aren't real they don't hide out of your bed but this film was changing for me and i was able to like grow up a little bit from watching it and like kind of overcome some of my own fears which seems so silly to talk about but it just resonates in my heart in a different way and i love the characters it's so funny and it just helped me as a kid so let me say something as i sit here and think about it out of all three of these Pixar films, I think Monsters, Inc. is the only one that makes me choke up mm. with the storyline. Mm. Maybe a little bit with Finding Nemo, but not in the same sense of Sully putting that last piece of the door in and seeing the light go off. Oh, every It's just like a tearjerker. It gets yeah. me in the heart. It's all three of these films. You can't go wrong with Pixar so incredible well i will say rotten tomatoes has finding nemo as a 99 percent which is <laughs> so incredible for a rotten tomatoes ranking and then monsters inc is right behind it at a 96 percent yeah and i think something about the story arc of finding nemo the journey of the story itself of marlin and dory so captivating so engaging it really does take you on a journey um, from start to finish and you feel like you're really trying to find Nemo and you're in that position as, as the audience of you know where Nemo is and you can sense Marlin and Dory getting closer. Um, and so there's something really well written about the storyline that just captured me with Finding Nemo. Um, but Pixar rarely goes wrong. So you can't... It's really hard to pick one of these films. But if we had to choose between the three i guess the incredibles has taken the back seat well i even looking on here at the rotten tomatoes incredibles gets 97 percent. i mean these pixar films are rated so highly on rotten tomatoes and it's because one pixar pixar just has hits after hits after hits it's really hard for pixar to do wrong um 
I think they are just wired to put out films that create such a lasting impact on people's lives. And so any of these three films could have easily won this category. It was definitely a tough one. But for now, we're going to take a quick pause and we're going to announce our giveaway winner. Hey everyone, thanks so much for participating in this season's giveaway. We had nearly a thousand entries and this season's winner is Danny in Disney. Danielle, you have won our season five giveaway. Your prize package will be sent out to you as soon as you send us a DM with your information, but that is D-A-N-I-N-D-I-S-N-E-Y-Y. Thank you guys so much. This is so fun for us. We can't wait for future giveaways. Okay, guys, we're back. Congrats to our giveaway winner, and thank you to everyone that entered the giveaway. It is so fun when we get to do these for you guys, so we will definitely be doing more in the future. Be on the lookout for future giveaways from the Castle Chat. Okay, back to our categories here. We just finished up Best Pixar. Caitlin, what's our next category? So we are on the back end of our award show here, and we are going to do the most underrated or slept on film of the early 2000s. And our nominees are Ice Princess, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, The Greatest Game Ever Played, Miracle, Sky High, and The Emperor's New Groove. And the award goes to, quick pause, I realize that every time we do this show, I say, and the winner goes to, and that is not a proper sentence. (laughs) The award goes to. Yeah, that's good. The winner is. The winner is. Yep. And just so you guys know, I hyperanalyze myself when I go back and edit these, and I've noticed that I always say, and the winner goes to. So the winner is. (laughs) The winner is. And the award goes to. (laughs) Which is the name of the episode. (laughs) Yeah, sorry guys, just a quick moment there. Oh, we're having a good little giggle over here. The winner is the greatest game ever played. I bet you a lot of you listening don't even know what this is. Yep, I actually only recently saw this movie within the past year. (gasps) Oh man, I watched this back in my younger elementary school, middle school days, and... I was so inspired by this movie. I am somebody who watches films that are based on true stories and I get so hype. Disney does amazing with their sports films. Okay. So good. I don't think I've seen a Disney sports film that hasn't made me cry. Mm -hmm. So good. So relatable. Always typically, it's typically a story of the underdog and Let's kind of explain a quick synopsis of The Greatest Game Ever Played for those that have no idea what we're even talking about. Okay, so The Greatest Game Ever Played is a sports film based on the true story of Francis Wimet. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. I should probably rewatch the trailer of the film to know, but in my mind, it's Francis Wimet, who is played by Shia LaBeouf. So Francis Wimet is a blue collar, lower class guy. He starts off as a caddy, learns so much about golf as he is a caddy working with these crazy, amazing professional players. And he ends up getting called up to play in the Masters as 
a rookie, basically, against some of the greatest players at that time. And it's the story of how he rises above, he fights the class prejudice that there typically is, where these higher class, white collar, wealthy men are typically the people who play golf at this professional level. And he's coming up from a blue collar worker status and kicking all their butts. So this film is supposed to take place in the early 1900s. Um, Francis, we met, actually entered the U.S. Open in 1913. So think about the culture back then, what it was like for a blue collar individual to enter into a white collar society driven sport very against culture during that time so you see a lot of the history behind that um and it's very inspiring to see him step in at this level and really blow everybody away nobody is expecting this young uh, individual to come in and play so well and take it all the way to the u.s open it's so fun um he actually ends up i'm not gonna tell you guys the rest of the story because i want you guys to see it but he ends up picking a very special individual to be his caddy and at the end of the movie there's a very emotional moment between the two of them and it just kind of brings it back full circle for me if you love sports if you love a good story about an underdog overcoming and blowing people out of the water then you definitely need to see this film it's so amazing also seeing Shia LaBeouf so young um he's an amazing actor and he does a great job in this film playing this real life story so while we're on the topic of awesome true story sports movies another movie in this category was Miracle I just wanted to quickly touch on this film it's one of my personal favorites I am married to a bloodborne Canadian and he is obsessed with hockey so therefore I know lots about hockey and this movie Miracle is about the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. It's the first time the U.S. put together a hockey team or made it to the Olympics and it's basically a hodgepodge of these college players who are put together to be able to perform in the Olympics against the Russians who traditionally dominate this sport and it's an incredible story again same idea as the greatest game ever played an underdog story um, that comes out with a really inspirational message it has kurt russell as the protagonist the coach of the team so that's another sports movie based on a true story if you're interested in that type of film that you should check out another film that comes from this early 2000 category that is another sports movie that's so good is remember the titans i mean this category is stacked like there are so many films from the early 2000s that are just so good so everybody just needs to go sit down and watch all the disney sports movies and just cry like all day long like it's just i love that they that disney took this route with sports i'm not a huge sports person and yet these disney sports films are some of my favorite disney movies of all time so definitely check them out there are so many on the list not just from the early 2000s but also in the disney i mean catalog of movies that they've had since they have started creating movies as a whole so that's the most underrated and slept on the greatest game ever played so moving on to our final two categories best and worst should we start with the worst and end on a high note yeah we should start with the worst let's start with the worst i will kick things off here with the worst overall movie our category or sorry our nominees are snow dogs piglet's big movie valiant 
Around the World in 80 Days, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, and Home on the Range. And the award goes to Around the World in 80 Days. What a film. Yeah, you know, I wish I had something to say about any of these films in this category, but I really don't. And that's why they fall into this worst category. Around the World in 80 Days, I don't really remember watching it. I know I watched it at once in my life, but I think it kind of put me to sleep and it just isn't something that I recall or care to watch again. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even seen Valiant. You thought it was a sports movie. It's a movie about birds. <laughs> so that clearly I wish shows, it was a sports movie. It shows that they're... Oh, but honestly, the Disney it wouldn't go in this category because it wouldn't even be the worst because we just said Disney sports movies are so good. True. <laughs> but Valiant is a movie about some birds. I don't really know. Snow Dogs, what is even happening? Um, Piglet's big movie... <laughs> This they took the Winnie the Pooh franchise a little too far. It's like okay, the early two thousands really went hard oh on Winnie the Pooh. They were like, you know what? Let's give you everything. Let's give you Tigger movie. Let's do that. Let's do the Heffalump movie. Let's just do them all. I'm a little Winnie the Pooh out. Um, the only one on here that I'm like, I don't think it should be in here. is Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Okay, so I actually love this film. Yeah, but. If you had to pick out of the entire list of 64 movies. You're right. You're right. But as a standalone film, it's just that Lindsay Lohan age, like with her being in Freaky Friday and then Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. I think that's the hype that was brought with Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen coming off of Freaky Friday. It was like, let's throw Lindsay Lohan in some things and see how they do. I'm pretty sure she's in the Herbie Fully Loaded She is, which is also during Which is also early 2000s. So they're just like, okay, Lindsay Lohan's making a comeback after Parent Trap. Like, let's put her in everything. The Teeny Bopper Girls are loving it. Teeny Bopper Girls. And so they put her in this film, and that's why we loved it. Yeah, that was me. And this film is definitely weird. Like, it's it's so good, though. Honestly, I, if there are any Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen fans out there, please let me know. I want to join an alliance. <laughs> Drop into the DMs, and uh, you and Courtney can watch it on Zoom together. Perfect. Absolutely. Um, okay, let's end it with our best overall movie. Let's end it on a high. Who are our nominees for best overall movie? Our nominees for Best Overall Movie of the Early 2000s are Monsters, Inc., The Princess Diaries, Remember the Titans, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Black Pearl, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Freaky Friday, and Finding Nemo. And the winner is... Courtney's mad about this one. I'm not mad about this one. Okay. And the winner is Pirates of the Caribbean. It's... An amazing film. I, Court and I talked about this. We struggled with choosing between a lot of these films. I mean, how do you choose? This is an incredible list of films here. I would watch any of these right now without hesitation and not roll my eyes and be like, oh, do we have to watch it? I mean, they're all so good. My opinion on why Pirates is the winner of this category is the impact that it has made on all things Disney. This film kicked off a world-changing franchise. Absolutely. There is so much to say about these films, about the cast, 
Um, the costuming, the sets, everything about this film is next level. It's fun. It's engaging. It's different. It's it's a franchise, and we have learned to love these characters throughout their storyline. And it's a part of the parks. It's there's meet and greets with Jack, Jack Sparrow. Like to think of a world without Jack Sparrow doesn't feel doesn't feel right, <laughs> you know? So, right. So I I agree. This is the best overall film. Yeah, I am a huge Pirates fan, and. Like I said, looking at this list of movies, if all of them went away and I was left with pirates, I would certainly be so sad, but I would also end up being okay because Pirates is an incredible film. So I am curious if you guys agree. We will put these lists out on our Instagram stories um, for a couple of these categories and just see where things fall. If you guys agree with us or not, this entire list of 64 films from the early 2000s is insane when I was looking into the list in general and just what type of films, what type of impact did this era have on Disney film legacy. Four of these films from the early 2000s are on the list of the top 50 grossing films for Disney for all time. And a couple of them have outside of that top 50 also make it into the top 100 so finding nemo is the first one to appear on the list for top grossing films of all time the box office intake for finding nemo was 941 million almost approaching a billion but it's number 30 on disney's list so the first film to make an impact from the early 2000s comes in at number 30 for all time again these Star Wars and Marvel movies of late have been next level in terms of box office grossing income. So number 30 is not bad, but actually next on the list is one that we did not mention in any of our categories, which was um, the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. This one comes in at number 40. And then after that, we have Pirates at 44, The Incredibles at 48, and then Monsters, Inc. is pushed right outside of the top 50. It's number 52. And then a couple more um, that we didn't talk too much about, Dinosaur, National Treasure, and Chicken Little all make the top 100 for top grossing films of all time. Notice some of our favorites on there that we talked about are not even on this list. Ones that brought in a ton of money for Disney didn't necessarily make our top list or top categories. Um, so just because they're our favorites doesn't mean that they weren't good movies. There's so many incredible movies from this era to mention. So if we have a favorite that isn't yours or you have a favorite that we didn't mention, let us know. Yes, definitely let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, we'll give you our Instagram information later on in the episode, but for now, we're going to kick things over to Kelly for today's trip tip. Hey all, this is Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations, the official travel partner of the Castle Chat, and I am so excited to bring you today's trip tip. If you're able to stay on property at Walt Disney World or Disneyland, I highly recommend it. There are a lot of benefits that resort guests get that people who are staying off property don't get to take advantage of. 
Resort guests at Walt Disney World have transportation to all of the different theme parks, water parks, as well as Disney Springs. You're also able to get an extra 30 minutes prior to general park opening each morning at all of the parks. There's also the added benefit of your dining opening 60 days prior to your check-in date and being able to make reservations for your entire stay. Be sure to head over to Kelly's Magical Vacations on Instagram for all your Disney tips and tricks. And if you are looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can head to the Castle Chats Instagram. Click that link in their bio and there will be a form that you can fill out so that we can start planning. And I can help you with everything from your accommodations to your tickets to your dining and everything in between. Spotlight. I am loving these creator spotlights because not only are we given an opportunity to highlight the creativity and effort that so many awesome people are making on social media, but it's also expanded our friend group. Yeah, we are, we, we have been building such an amazing Disney community with um, these creator spotlights and being in contact with these people. It's just filled our buckets completely and has helped remind us why we do what we do and the community that we are continuing to build. It is such a blessing and we are so, so grateful for every interaction that we get with people within within this Disney community. So Caitlin, who is our creator spotlight for today? Today, our creator spotlight is happiest Gina on earth. Y'all, let me tell you what, Gina Marie, you can find her on Instagram, is the cutest, the most fun person that I have found on Instagram in a while. She just makes me happy watching her content, taking in her photos, all of the things that she does in Disney just brings me so much joy. So she is a lifestyle and style content creator specifically in the Disney bubble. So you can follow her for more tips, tricks on how to look cute in the parks and also just see what it's like to be a Florida local who goes to Disney all the time. I'm jealous, but we love Gina's content and you should definitely check her out on Instagram at happiest Gina, G-I-N-A on earth. Okay, guys, next week we are bringing you another season favorite. It's called Resort Rewind and Recap. This is where we pick a Disney resort and we tell you everything that you need to know from food to transportation to room options, pricing, availability, you name it, we will drop it about that resort. We can't wait to break it all down with you with our friend Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations. She will be with us, helping us, giving us the most expert information that we need to be able to accurately describe this resort to you. So get excited. We can't wait for you to be a part of this episode. Um, and we hope you'll join us next week. In the meantime, while you're waiting for the next episode of the castle chat, you can keep up with us on Instagram at the castle chat, or you can send us an email, the castle chat at gmail.com. Also, we would love if you would drop us a review on your, on your podcast platforms, anything you want to do, whether it's giving us a rating or leaving us a review, we are very appreciative for every single review that we receive. So thank you in advance for all that you guys do for us. In the meantime, we'll leave you what we always leave you with, which is there's a great big, beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye.